0: Good morning. How many of you have one of these? You got an iPhone? Anybody got an iPhone out there? Did you know there's a little woman that lives inside this iPhone? I've talked about her before. Her her name is Siri, and she likes to talk to me. I, she's kind of like my new best friend. A, and we have a running uh, argument, Siri and I do, about about when she's trying to help me get somewhere. Have you ever tried to like find your way someplace and had the wrong heading plugged in someplace and you don't know where to go. Well, the other night, I was trying to get to a friend's house and and we were on our way to celebrate her birthday and we forgot to buy a card. So we wanted to get to a grocery store, Hy-Vee or something. So we're driving down the road and I just talked to Siri a little bit and I asked her, I said, I said, take me to Hy-Vee. Here's what she said. Wake up, Siri. Take me to Hy-Vee. I found 14 places matching Hivy. Tap Hibby. the one you want directions to. Well, I have a choice here of multiple different destinations, but unfortunately, the one that I wanted was nowhere near where she ended up taking me. Matter of fact, Siri decided to take me to some place called Heidi's Flowers. And then when I protested, then she wanted to take me to a place called Ivy Street. So I'm all over the place asking Siri directions. My kids are in the back seat thinking that it's hilarious. And so I was getting a little frustrated with Siri. Let's see what happens when I, when I get frustrated with her. Siri, you're r- making me really angry. I don't really like these arbitrary categories. <laughs> Please don't speak to me like that, Siri. I don't know what you mean by... Please don't speak to me like that, Siri. <laughs> so my, my kids are in the back with their iPads, and they're, they're recording this conversation that I'm having with Siri because I'm starting to get a little irritated with her. And I'm, I'm kind of freaking out, and then my kids are in the back, and they're laughing, and it's probably on YouTube somewhere. But eventually... We got to where we wanted to go, but you see, if we didn't have the right things programmed in, we're going to be just off the grid, and I think you understand what I'm talking about when you, when you hear that, because every one of us can relate to, to not having the right destination, and, and and today as we come to Palm Sunday, I want to tell you, Palm Sunday is about having the right destination, but it's also about what is important on your destination. See, it's, there. you can get to where you want to go, but how many people have ever been on a family vacation and you, you've said things like, if you don't stop, I'm going to turn this car around right now. Um, I sound like my dad sometimes when I'm, when I'm driving with the kids these days. you know. And, and I, I don't know. There, there are times when it's not just important to get where you want to go, but you want to have a good time. You want to get there and you want everybody to be on the same page. Well, that's kind of what Paul's talking about in Philippians chapter 2. And I think it flies right into Palm Sunday perfectly well. Because what Paul's talking about is this thing that that he identifies as a very important uh, characteristic of the church of Jesus Christ if they want to get to where we want to get to. And and the characteristic that he identifies is called like-mindedness. Now, like-mindedness. Now, does that mean that we all agree on everything? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But what I want to talk about with like-mindedness has to do with just your overall destination, where you're trying to go. Because like-mindedness has to deal with the big picture, with where are we trying to go. It doesn't mean that everyone agrees on every little thing, maybe the radio station in your car. You ever have that discussion in your car? Turn this channel off, turn this off, or or just sit in the back and be quiet. You know, there are different things that we'll disagree about, but like-mindedness, according to Paul, is what's important if we want to make it to our destination, which, as we see today on Palm Sunday, is the gospel. It's the gospel. But in order to have like-mindedness, there's something important that goes hand-in-hand hand with that, and that is humility. See, like-mindedness means that we get the big picture down. Humility means that we get along on the way there. <clears throat> See, we're, we're bound to have differing opinions about all sorts of things in life, and especially in the church. We couldn't get a group of people half the size together and decide what kind of uh, pizza we'd all order for lunch. We'd have disagreement there, wouldn't we? But we all can have like-mindedness that we need to eat, right? See, in the same way, Paul is calling this church in Philippi. He's saying, look, you you have a destiny, you have a mission, you have a vision, and and, and you're going to get there, and you need to have like-mindedness to get there. You need to have unity there. But then he says that in order to really achieve that, you have to have humility. You have to be able to count other people more worthy than yourself. You see, if everyone agreed on everything all the time, we wouldn't need humility We wouldn't need to submit to one another. But that's indeed what Paul is calling us to do. And his example, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're bound to have differing opinions and preferences about trivial things. Like what station to listen to in the car. Or when it comes to the church world. All sorts of different things. Maybe some of us like contemporary music. Maybe some of us like traditional music. Maybe some of us want the pastor to wear a robe. Maybe some of us want the pastor to wear a tie. I would like to wear my pajamas this morning. But Mike, as Mike tells me, sometimes we've got to think about what's better for the greater good. Now, Mike hasn't seen my pajamas, thankfully. Praise the Lord for that, right, Pastor Mike? You see, in, in, in different matters, we can have opinions, we can have preferences, and that's OK. As long as we have humility, as long as we, we count one another as better than ourselves, as long as we unite ourselves. But when it comes to the fundamental destination of where we are going, Paul says we must have complete like-mindedness. We must have complete unity. You see, there will always be differences. Where human beings desire to live in gospel-centered community, we have to humble ourselves. But when it comes to the gospel, there can be no room for division. There can be no room for debates and arguments and agendas and personal views. When it comes to the gospel, there is only truth. Because the gospel is not a matter of personal opinion or preference. The gospel is a matter of historical fact and unchanging truth. Now that might sound a little, you know, unrealistic in this day and age when we have more than 25,000 Protestant denominations and, of course, Roman Catholicism who, who just uh, anointed a new pope last week. And, and there seems to be much division in the church over what the gospel is and over what we're supposed to do. And I would tell you this, these are the things that Paul warned the Philippians about and warned others about when he said, be of one mind. You see, our culture has ingrained in us that the most important thing about reality is not truth, but about preference, and feelings, and how we think about things. See, we resist being told anything that is immovable, unchanging truth, especially if we don't agree with the ramifications, especially if it might cause us to change. I found this to be especially difficult when I was in school in algebra. I I didn't like the way it made me feel to get a wrong answer, but I couldn't approach the teacher and say, well, I know that, you know, E equals MC squared or whatever in your world, but in my world, that's just not true. I know that that six plus, times four is 24, but that's your truth, but to me, truth is something completely different. I think six times four should be 18. Any math teachers in the house? What would you do about that, right? You know, it, it's amazing when, when we have these issues of opinion, you know, everybody wants to be able to throw their two cents in, but understand this, the gospel is a lot more like algebra than it is like... Uh, what kind of music do you listen to? See, the gospel, is a, it's a historical fact. It's as historical as the attacks of September 11 or the bombing of Pearl Harbor or even the massacre that occurred in Connecticut recently. All of which, by the way, there are people who want to deny the truth of those events because it's inconvenient for them. I love to watch documentaries. You know, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that. So I'm always on the Netflix documentary thing. And and I was watching this documentary the other day, and and it was all about conspiracy theories, right? And and it was all about these these people who want to tell you that certain historical events, like the ones I just mentioned, either didn't really happen. And by the way, we didn't really land a man on the moon either. You know, it was all staged in a in a in a studio somewhere. Or they want to say things like, you know, the the, the, the attacks of September eleventh were, were really just a plot of our government to, to put us to war, or or that Pearl Harbor was was orchestrated by our military to take us to war as well, or even that the, the the shooting in Connecticut which just occurred didn't really happen. Did you know that's on YouTube? There's a whole thing on YouTube about how that didn't really happen. I wonder what they say happened then but it was all just a ploy for the government so they could take away all our guns. See, it's amazing the way people will take even historical facts and twist them around and reinterpret them and hand them back to us with their own agendas wrapped around them so that they can have their own way. When we don't want to change, we'll do anything we we have to do to hijack the truth, won't we? But we cannot hijack the gospel with our agendas and our personal preferences. And sadly, that is what happens so oftentimes in the world. It happens in churches. It happens in churches every week, where instead of the gospel being preached, agendas are preached, political ideas are preached, and not the gospel of Christ. And and I know you might think this is a modern thing, but it's something that even occurred since the very beginning. Paul wrote to the church in Galatia in the first century, These words, he says in chapter 1, verse 6, "...I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse." As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. It's very much ingrained in our DNA as human beings to be led astray. Today is Palm Sunday, and we celebrate this destination that Jesus had. We celebrate his joyful, triumphant entry, we call it, into Jerusalem. I'm not so sure it was that joyful for Jesus, to be honest with you. Because Friday, we'll also gather right here in this room, and we will honor and remember the death of Jesus, who died after the shouts of the same people, who cried out on Palm Sunday and raising their palm branches, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. On Friday, those same people called out, crucify him, crucify him, away with him. We have no king but Caesar. How does that happen? What could happen between Sunday and Friday that could make people change so drastically? If you come to our Lenten moments this week and our other services, you'll have an opportunity to reflect on this. But the truth is this. We can't look back and say, how did that happen? We need to look now and say, how does this happen? Because indeed, Palm Sunday is our story as well. We all want to welcome Jesus in with open arms, but we remember that the truth about Jesus and his death was not that he was killed because of some political uh, situation. He was killed, rather, the Scripture tells us, because of our sin. This is the gospel. Jesus was not killed for some cause. He was killed to satisfy the wrath of God against sin. Jesus was not killed because his enemies were stronger than he. Jesus willingly gave his life as a ransom for us. In John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus talked about that. He told his disciples this, speaking about his own life. He said, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down And I have authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. See, Jesus has the authority. But he willingly submits himself so that humanity can be saved. So that we can come to know the truth of God. So that we can have eternal fellowship with God. So that we can be united with the Holy God. He died because he loved us. And he knew that we could not save ourselves by our own good works. So Jesus Christ humbled himself. And as Mike read earlier, it says that he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Can you think of anything more degrading than that? Can you think of anything more humiliating for Jesus than that? Who had eternity within his grasp, who created everything that was made, the Bible tells us. Who is the ruler of all, who has all authority and all power, who holds us all together with his very nature, humbling himself. As we move into this week and beyond, you know, we can have different views about trivial things in the church, but they should never divide us. Those things mean nothing when compared to the awesome truth of the gospel. I don't care whether you like this kind of music or that kind of music, or whether you want to sit in a pew or whether you want to sit in a chair, or whether you want to dress up for a church or whether you want to come as you are. None of those things matter. When we think about the grace of God and the power of the gospel, they're nothing. But in order to do this, we must have the attitude of Jesus who emptied himself. We must not be like those people in the world who, if everything isn't just exactly perfect, they can't be in relationship. See, we are about relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with one another. But you can't have relationship if you don't have humility. And that's what Philippians 2 calls us to do today. And that's what Palm Sunday demonstrates today. We must follow the example of Jesus, who even though perfect, counted imperfect people better than himself. Even those who were in the very act of crucifying him. As he prayed for them, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So Paul puts it like this. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. I think he's trying to say, if you have anything to do with Jesus at all, if you're getting anything good out of coming to church, out of knowing who God is, out of reading your Bible, if you think Jesus is anything, then make my joy complete and share in this like-mindedness When it comes to the gospel, share in the right destination. Make sure you have your internal spiritual Siri pointed in the right direction so you don't get lost. Now, hopefully that includes all of you here today. Hopefully you have that joy. If you need to have that joy, I want to tell you today, the gospel is for you. No matter how good you think you are, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how well put together you might think you are or no matter how much of a mess you might think you are the gospel is for you because Jesus came if you need to be united with Christ then do so this morning Jesus marched into Jerusalem not in a chariot but on the back of a donkey in humility knowing full well that these cries of praise would be turned to shouts for his death but he still did it didn't he just like Jesus knows here today That many throughout the world who shout and sing and wave palm branches in their churches will walk out of doors just like those after the service and want nothing more to do with him. But yet, he still invites us. But yet, he's still present with us. He offers life and salvation. Will you respond? Will you today become united with Christ? Furthermore, will you join with us, united in one mind about the gospel? This is why we preach the way we do. We want to make known the gospel of Jesus Christ in this world. We're not here to promote some cause. Our cause is the gospel. Our cause is Jesus. Now, other causes may be right and good and worthy of your effort and your time, but but when it comes to proclaiming the word of God, let the gospel be our cause. And by its preaching, men and women will be saved, the Bible tells us. We must be like minded in this. You know, I have a setting on my phone here right now that if I talk to Siri, I can ask her one question Get directions to home. Getting directions to Keith Nestor, home. You see, Siri knows exactly where I live, and no matter where I am, I can always ask Siri, she even tells me turn-by-turn directions, no matter where I am, I can always ask Siri to tell me the way home, and that's one place that Siri doesn't get confused about. That's one destination that it always gets right, and you know, I pray that for us as a church, that our destination, our spiritual destination, will always be pointed toward the gospel. We may zig and zag. We may go up and down. We may have different seasons and different waverings. But at the end of the day, our like-mindedness is wrapped around the simple historical truth of who Jesus is. The gospel is where we are going and our like-mindedness, and our humility makes the ride enjoyable as we submit to one another we submit to Christ. Today I invite you to do that. I'm going to invite you in a a simple prayer this Palm Sunday. And if the Lord Jesus is speaking to your heart today, if your spiritual point of direction needs to point away from yourself, away from sin, away from evil, and toward Christ, then I'm going to invite you today to reset your coordinates toward Jesus in the truth. Will you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, my life has not always been pointed toward you. And I ask your forgiveness for all my sins. And I ask, Lord, that you reset my coordinates to point to you. Show us, Lord, what the gospel is. Come into our lives Lord, make me more like you. Father, make me your servant today. I choose to follow you. I choose to invite you in. I choose to to wave my palm branches spiritually and cry, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I choose to live with you, to follow you. Thank you for showing me that humility. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for this week. May it ring true in my heart and in all hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Tom Padley. I love the Lord and First United Methodist Church of Marion. There are many reasons that Joan and I give money to the church. One ministry that I'm particularly excited about is the education ministry. When our girls were young, we appreciated the great Sunday school and youth programs that were available for them. And the adult classes, disciple Bible study, and the small group that we have participated in have helped our faith to grow stronger. I'm so grateful that the church encourages and supports this ministry. I consider giving to the church to support these ministries as part of my worship.